It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Look at Raddick, he dropped the gloves with Rivers. The referee or the linesman should yeah. jump in here. You can't let a guy like Rivers continue to throw punches. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound, recognizer scores! Here comes Shovel Ray, he'll be thrown out of the game. Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day, and the two goalies go at it. Head to head, and Joseph with three great right Serjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. Get up, St. Louis. Get on your feet. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history. Hello, Blues fans, and welcome to a Thursday edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. I want to welcome you into the SynergyHockeySkills.com studios. Remember to check out SynergyHockeySkills.com as uh, they've got a lot of uh, training stuff coming up as the season heads into the playoffs, and uh, some kids will be getting done with seasons and ready to start working on their game. Now's the time to check that out. And as always, we want to thank our good friend Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com. He does so much for his community, and we want to remind all of our first responders and military out there to check out InnovativeCompanies.com and take advantage of that 15% discount. Residential, commercial, industrial, doesn't matter. Randy and Stephanie Green, those are the people you want to trust with any job. That's InnovativeCompanies.com. Well, folks, we, uh, you know, nice to get a, a win the other night as fans were. Uh, I, this is going to be an interesting show today because I want to ask our 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 two experts, resident experts here today, this, because I almost said, cause fans were getting a little nervous and I think there's a faction of fans out there, to be honest with you, that almost feel bad about like being upset at maybe some of the play by the blues from time to time. And maybe that is how it should be. There's also a faction out there that doesn't give a shit what they've done. And if they think they're playing bad, they're going to roast them. Like they're never supposed to play bad. I've seen everything from the goalies getting beat on to, you know, we need to trade this guy or do this. And that's the way it goes sometimes. But uh, I'll be curious to, to talk to our our guys about this. And I'm going to start off with everybody's favorite. Let's welcome in Darren Kimball. How about that? Hey, little, cool. little little quick applause there for you. Yeah, a little quick applause. That was good. Well, um, let's start there. So where this team sits today, um, I don't know if you ever say comfortable because I know – uh, they sit in first place, uh, I believe. You know, they do have a game in hand over Dallas, but you know, they've got like a seven-point lead in their conference. Of course, um, you know, who wouldn't want to be first overall in the league? But as they sit today, they've put themselves in a good spot. Although they did have a little stretch there where things didn't look real tight, like they looked a little loose. The goaltending hadn't been what I thought it had been before. But they've got three games coming up in a short span against Dallas, which could change things in a hurry. And I know you're a big fan of, of the Dallas Stars. But the trade deadline's approaching. So let's take a look at where you think the Blues sit today from a performance standpoint. Um, I Like you said, though, the, the, they've had a, a great go at it so far, right? now. So now we've come to this part, and I'm, I'm just looking, I was listening on the TV the other day, and they had Chief on there, and Chief was pretty well explaining. You have uh, it's a long season, the style of play that the Blues play, in-your-face type of hockey, you're not, you're not going to be able to do that for 82, 84 games. It's, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, they've hit a little spot here right now where it's, it's gone uh, gone a little bit south. My, my concern with it right now is, is Chrome's there. Uh, Bennington's letting in three to four goals a game right now. And I'm not saying ben, it's all Bennington's fault. I, by no means am I saying that. But he, I don't believe he's playing as good as he did in the past. Um, but then again, you know, he's, he's getting accustomed to being in the National Hockey League full-time for the first time in his uh, in his life. So, he, you know, this is this is not, this is is him in the National Hockey League. He's not halfway through. It's, it's full-time from the start of the season. So, um, so that's going on. 
you know, there's some players that are, they come and go. They don't, you know, they're, they're not there every night right now. It's just that sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. And, you know, Sanford's the big uh, cat right now. He's, he's playing well. Uh, you know, his name comes up as one of the guys possibly moving down. And if he's playing like he is right now, you'd, I would, I, I don't see him moving him, but that's, that's just me. Um, my, my thing is here, Chromes, and this is, this is the thing that I was thinking of last week. I hadn't been on and I was thinking, What's different with the Blues right now? And, and people are going to like when I'm going to say this, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put this in as, about as easy as terms as I can. Last year when, we were, when the Blues went on this run, there was a certain player, his name was Mr. Steen, and I know Mr. Steen played a 1,000 games. He's done all this and that, and I, I congratulate him on everything that he's done. But when the Blues were rolling, Mr. Steen was playing on the fourth line. Now I watch the games. He's out there penalty killing. He's probably going to get on your power. He's back to where he's at full throat, and he's – playing on the top three lines is he playing good he might be i'm not saying that he's not i'm just saying that if that's your cat going in the thing that you know i don't know if that's the way that this thing continues down the road at full throttle that's just my theory well i think they had a lot of things change for him in that um in in that light last year right like I think fans, good or, you know, like I, there was a faction that would support and a faction would go on, but I think a lot of people looked at that and agreed with you that when Steen got into a role that probably fit where he was currently at, it definitely benefited the Blues. I think people were ready for like a Bowmeister to do the same. Now, the Bowmeister thing, w- w- which was interesting, was he seemed to come back and play really strong. And then, you know, then lo and behold, we, you know, this is the first time he's been this healthy in a really long time. So maybe he can handle a little bit more of the, of the stress, right? But I mm-hmm. think, I don't like, I don't think this is earth shattering to say, but like, it just seems like right now, I don't know that you're ever going to get Steen at a hundred percent health. I just don't even, that's probably not even realistic for him at this stage in his career. Is it? No, but I'm just saying that the stage in his career, I don't care what he's played. I just don't think he, if he's on your top three line, I just don't think it's going anywhere. That's just my theory. I I think they were better last year when he was down playing as whatever minutes he was playing, you know, seven minutes or whatever he was playing. That's where he needs to play. And that 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 just stood out to me. Like he, he's playing a lot of minutes, and I'm not I'm not he's he's playing all right hockey. I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking that they're going to be the, where they're going to go. They're going to need better than that, though. You know, I don't think his all right hockey is going to help them out in their top three lines. I think it's got to be better than that, and because he's not going to be able to play in your face hockey all the way down. The, that's just not going to happen. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't see that happening. He, when he gets on that fourth line and plays with those guys and contributes where he can and uses his leadership in that process, that's where his positive is. And then I'll kick it back to the defenseman again. As, and, I, you know, I've been saying here the last three weeks that Falk had been coming around. I'm, God, he, he sort of just shit the bed here lately, too. And I, I don't know what's going on with that guy. Yeah, that was, he looked like he was really starting to pick it up. And now the last few games, I've, he's just been, uh, you know. Yeah, he's um, back to where he was, yeah. There's two so there, names. There, Go ahead. There's some pieces out there. So there's some pieces out there. You know, I, I, uh, I'll be curious. You know, I I saw what you were doing on on Twitter where you 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 know you're talking about the trade deadline coming up and and I'm not you know Rivers is probably going to be better off with handling this for you because I I just don't I, I I'm always going to answer the question I don't know until I find out where Tarasenko's at I I can't really answer that question because forward wise if Tarasenko's there they, they don't need to any add anybody else I I think they're sitting pretty good now if Tarasenko's not going to be there and they need to add someone for insurance I I get that part but. And once you get Tarasenko back, if he if he comes back, I think you're I think you're good. I think I think you got everything you need. Except I still think you need to add another defenseman. Now, I don't know what you're doing with Petro. You know, I don't know where that's going, and I don't know what you're doing with uh, Jake Allen. So I, I think you got some question marks out there as far as when you're coming to the trade deadline, what's going to go on next year? Because you hate to see uh, one of the top defensemen in the league just walk out the door on you, and you're not getting nothing for him if he doesn't if he's not coming back there and you can't afford him. You know, so. There, there's some questions as far as that goes on, but I, you know, and I don't know. I think you're gonna have a hard time getting rid of the one guy. But you know, how, how do you how do you trade Petro at this point in time? But how do you pay him too? So you know, it's, it's a double standard they're sort of sitting it's on right now. It's a tough one for sure. Um, you know, I always pay attention. Like you can you can be one of these guys that pays attention to the Johnny Come Latelys that want to talk about trades or they want to talk about you know I heard this or I got a source. That's all bullshit. You know, the guys that I pay attention to are the ones that are around the team every day because those guys, you know, if they're if if, if they're spreading shit or they're doing this or whatever, they got to answer to somebody in the locker room every day, right? Like and, yeah. and the front office and the managers. Well, when I see a guy like Jeremy Rutherford really start 
talking about something a lot. It tells me that there's something there. It's he's yeah. not just making it up. And the two things that he's really on right now, if you've paid any attention, is he really believes that the Blues are going to re-sign Petrangelo. Like he believes that. Now, something like that, I wonder if that's his fandom talking. But you know, for him to, and maybe he does a great job of telling people, look, I don't have anything on that. That's just it. Just feels that way to me. And maybe that's the truth. But the thing that I find the most interesting from him is defending the idea of the Blues actually trading for Kreider. Like, I saw him defend that trade possibility. Like, show, he, sh he shared a video of Kreider scoring a really nice goal saying, how could you not want this guy? Like, mm -hmm. I don't see that very often from guys that, 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 that follow the team like that. Like, I thought that was telling that, you know, that maybe there is something there. On that note, though, I like – if you would have told me that the two hot topics of conversation on the blues when it came to players, and I know we've touched on this a little bit, but I mean, how much publicity is Oscar Sundquist and Zach Sanford getting? I mean, I think what we're seeing now is with Sundquist out, I think you're finding out what an important player he is and why Coach Berube, and I know you brought it up, why Coach Berube obviously leans on this guy. It's pretty noticeable when he's not in the lineup. Wouldn't you agree? I, especially when he's Basically, when you're a coach and any team that you're a coach on and you come to a certain situation in a game and you'll always, you always know where you're going. You always know where your go-to guy is that you want. If it's the last minute of the game, if it's, a, if it's a, a last shift of a period, if it's a, a shift after a goal where you need to keep the momentum going or whatever it may be, he's always going – to Oscar. He always goes that way. Sunquist is his man. And when Sunquist all of a sudden now isn't on the, in the, on the bench, I can promise you Chief's trying to find someone to fill that spot. And it's, it's you know, because he, Sunquist, he gets it. He plays a physical type of game that Ruby likes. He, he can put the puck in the net for him also. He's in the right place at all the right time. And he just does the right things for him, whatever he wants. That's what he's doing. And if you lose that guy, you don't just, that's just like losing the, your, your top goal scorer, you're not just going to replace that guy. It just doesn't happen. So, and you, and you, and it, and it takes you a while to go down the bench and figure it out. You're going to plug someone in there. You think they can do the job and boom, it, it doesn't happen. You put someone else and then now you're pulling away from someone else to fill that spot. So you're screwing that up. So it's, it's sort of putting a big predicament on the team, with whatever he's going through right now. So that I, I do agree with what you just said though, that they're, they're really finding out how important this guy is to their hockey club. Well, and I think the issue that would, I mean, that would answer the steam thing, right? Like they're, they're, they're being like, in, they're being forced to play him up there. I mean, unless, unless you want to do it a different way, I guess. I, I, don't I, know. I, I hope, I hope, I hope that's what it is. Cause I, I know you got Sammy coming back and you got uh, uh, Sammy's back and you get Oscar back and then you get, hopefully you get Tarasenko back. That's three spots right there. So, you know, he hasn't really had a full lineup all year, Bruby has and that to play with, you know, so, so, so he's been sitting there filling spots people have been filling holes all the way through the season because you blocked Tarasenko you know he wasn't there at the start so you, you've gone through this whole process and now you know if you can get back to where at the end of the season all of a sudden these guys come back then now this is where you reap the rewards of what you've done because you've had guys in certain situations that have been able to do that job so now they're better hockey players and then now you can get back to the lineup you had last year when you chased down the Stanley Cup because now everybody's back where they belong. I mean, you look at Oscar Sundquist. I mean, he's he probably has a lot of the things that you can understand. What I mean, he he's a he's a really good defensive and two way center. He's got the size. He's six three two ten, right? And mm -hmm. he's obviously extremely responsible in his own end, which is a big thing for Berube. So on the flip yeah. side of that, I think what you have is you have this enigma in Zach Sanford, who's another guy. Like I said, I it's amazing how much we talk about Zach Sanford, and it's like he's. I guess if you want to say he's hot right now, that's what you'd say, right? But yep. how much, like, on a guy like this, where you know, where does the roller coaster eventually end for you as a coach? Where you're like, I like, I'm I, like, I can't live with the games off, so I'm going to do something different here. And I, and you wonder if that plays into this whole trade scenario. Is Zach Sanford a kind of guy that goes? I know every the big rumor is it's Cairo. Well. You know, maybe the maybe the Blues are saying, "Look, it's not going to be Cairo in a first. It would be Sanford in a first. We're not going to trade yeah. you Cairo and a first. It's one or the other, or whatever." Like who knows? I like, I don't know what they're saying, but it sure yeah. seems to me that that's probably more of a logical route as opposed to giving away 
what would be two young spots, whether it be Kyrou and a first round pick. So maybe it is Sanford. Maybe that roller coaster is, is a little tough to deal with as a coach. Is there anything more frustrating than that roller coaster type player? Yeah, no, no, there's not, um, you know, but, and I get it, but you know, he went down the playoffs. That's why I wouldn't give up on him. Cause in the playoffs last year, even in the, even in the final game, you know, he was there, he scored a goal for you. He, he played well down the stretch. And my, my thing is, this is, this is me, but I, if my, if my goaltender gets back, my biggest, my biggest question right now, I got two questions for you. Is Tarasenko coming back? And if, uh, and as a general manager, as a coach, as an owner, or whatever you got, is the trade you made for Falk, is, is, that, is he going to fit in, and do you think he can handle the pressure going down the road? Those are my two questions, because if, uh, if Tarasenko ain't coming back, obviously I would uh, salary cap reasons and that. If they want to spend to it, they can go find a guy to play that spot. And, uh, you know, they, they can try to fill that. And I've even heard the guy that went to Arizona from New Jersey, what's his name, uh, Taylor Hall, uh, or Hall, he's the one. He's the one. I heard his name pop up again too, and I'm going, God, this guy. He, you know, he doesn't win where he goes. What the, you know, he's, a, he's sort of a bad, bad thing in the room or something. I don't know what's wrong with him, but, um, so if you're looking for that type of player, it might take a couple guys to get out of there. I, I don't know, but, you know, if you're around the room more, and that's why I say Jamie probably can get a bigger uh, answer, to the, a better answer to this one. But I, I just look at the person sitting from the outside, I'll, and I keep going back to. The Falcon Tarasenko, and then hopefully my hopefully uh, Bennington can get back on course here and play the way he played down the stretch. Because uh, I think I think everything else can fall into place if all these guys come back. Ruby can put everybody back in their in positions that they're playing. Everyone lines up in a good spot, and then take what I got because I know it worked for me last year, and I try to run it one more time. And um, and then I like I said I, earlier in the show here, I said, uh, but you got to know understand what's going on with Petro and then Jake. Are, are you going to are you going to take the chance of losing them for maybe nothing, or or the, is there a deal cut out that you know that's something that we're never going to know? That the GM's going to know that one, not us. Um, last question for you because I know your time is short today. Um, as I look at it, and I'm trying to say, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, okay, I know Doug Armstrong's a GM. How much of this conversation though of what they do and if they were to move somebody, how much of that comes from Barube though, because at the end, you can do a lot of things, but I like does does Doug Armstrong look at this guy and say, "Can this guy consistently like we listen? We're not talking about Sunquist here, obviously. I mean, we're probably talking about a Sanford, and we're really realistically probably talking we're probably talking about three players, in my opinion: Sanford, uh, Cairo, and Falk. Because I, you can't convince me they couldn't still trade Falk and then re-sign Petro and bring up Mikola, like." I don't think mm-hmm. that's beyond the run. Like, and then trade for some veteran defenseman on a one-year contract type thing. Like, I think yeah. they could do that. Now, will they? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I don't even know if when they signed Falk, I don't think he has a no trade. I think that was made. I think they had mentioned that he didn't have a no trade. So yeah. maybe it's not working out. And maybe they say, you know what? We're going to trade him. We're going to sign Petro. We're going to be done with this. And then we're going to do this. Who knows? But the point is, regardless of which player it is, is this a conversation that starts and ends with Armstrong and Rube getting in a room and deciding who can play in their system and give them the best chance to win? And if not, it's time to move on. I, I, I well, I definitely know where it ends because it's obviously going to end with Armstrong. So that's the guy that's going to pull the the trigger on the thing. So um, now, where does it? You know, you you look at last year when you had Martin Broder, Al McGinnis. Uh, I think uh, you had a few other guys that are sitting up in that office, and they, you know, there, there's. They have meetings all the time, Crohn's, and they got they bring in their their director of player personnel and all this process that goes on. There, you know, it's such a big operation nowadays. And but I'll, I'll, when they go, Ruby could have a concern, and then he's going to bring the concern to the the table. And then I I don't know. I, I'm not saying Armstrong doesn't do it himself. He might. Like, again, there's a question for Riz because he's around it. But I know there's people like Al McGinnis and these guys that are around that I would think that. Um, through the process and that there's a reason why they're there. There's a, they sort of probably got to be a sounding board for, uh, for Armstrong. Cause he's got to bounce this off someone, you know, you need someone to talk to this to make sure you're seeing the right thing. Maybe they're seeing something different, you know, and then you try to put it all together. You're the guy that's got to put it all together in the end, but I, but you need people to ask. And so there's guys that watch these guys all year long that, um, at some point in time, Baruby, the his coaches are going to be involved in this cause they're around it all the time. So, 
you know, I, I think they probably coming up to this, if they haven't done it already, they're, they probably put, put a couple other things that maybe they want to get to, or maybe they don't want to get to, or where they maybe think they need a little help. And, um, but Armstrong knows all the answers because he, he knows if they're going to get Petro signed. He knows when the Tarasenko's coming back. So, you know, he's always, he knows what's out there, what he can possibly get. So, uh, but I, I think it, I'm not saying it starts with him. I, it might start, it's, it probably starts as a group and then it's going to get whittled down through the process. And then uh, the boss there, uh, Armstrong is probably going to say to, to the big boss, Mr. Stillman, this is what we need to do. And then he's probably going to have to give the okay and away they go. I can only imagine how hard it is to trade a young player in today's day and age with the salary cap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think this, like, if it's me, like, I don't know. I think you, you brought him up a while back, Kreider. What a good looking player he is. Now, he's a different player than, than, than Kairu. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to be much bigger and much more physical. Um, and, you know, and you hate to say it, but that's the kind of guy that may fit in, you know, a little bit more than, than, than that guy. But, I mean, how hard is it to trade a young guy with speed like that in today's day and age? Well, not, not only just the speed of it, but the, the contract life. So you you got a guy for three years that you can sit on your contract, which you're going to need because, you know, the way the game goes or, or you start winning Stanley Cups and the salaries of everyone starts going up. So Petro's going to go up. So you need a lot of these young guys that are able to play in the league and hopefully play in your top three lines or your top four or five defensemen and, and contribute on a big, big time basis because the salary cap, if, if you know, if you, if you don't have these guys to sort of contain the salary cap, you end up being a Chicago, you end up being a, a Los Angeles where you fall off the map after you've won a Stanley Cup or two. And you don't want to go through that process here in St. Louis where you, you ever, you know, you, you go with your core group and then all of a sudden your core group don't start to get it done. They get older and boom, everything just falls apart. So you need young guys to, to, to develop. Now, maybe they don't think he's, yeah, there's a lot of speed there, but there's a lot of other parts of that game that I don't know. I don't even think he's been given a fair shot at it yet. I don't think he's had enough ample time to be up here and playing. So Kyrou and the Sanford one's different because he's had the time, but in his time period too, he's also been part of a Stanley cup and he was a big part of the Stanley cup. He scored big goals for him, but you know, he's a guy that's in and out of the lineup. So I, you know, I, if I was sitting there thinking about it and I'm looking from the far, I would probably be saying Sanford would be the guy that I would, I would be easier getting rid of as opposed to Kyrou. Cause I don't think Kyrou has been given his full benefit of the doubt yet, but that's, these guys that like Armstrong and them, they know what he does in the minors. Uh, they got, you know, he's played in the minors, so they know what he's all about. They know what makes him tick. Uh, you know, they know if that's a fit for what the way the Blues are going. So there's a lot of questions that get answered from the inside guys, uh, the guys, coaches in the minors. And so you, the process is so big, man. You, you don't even know where it's going. You know, um, I'm looking at, you know, if you look at Kreider, how, I mean, six three two sixteen. I imagine him playing on a line with O'Reilly and Perron, and boy, that looks really good to me. But, yeah, um, I, I I like it. I like. Don't get me wrong. I, I think if Tarasenko doesn't come back, I I would slot him in there. I, I like him. I I think he's he's got the speed and everything. And uh, even if he's just a rented player, because you're probably gonna you're not gonna keep him realistically, because you know when Tarasenko comes back in the fold, his his numbers on the books and. You know, Petro's new numbers are going to be on the books if you keep him. So you're not going to keep him. He's, you're sort of renting him, so you don't want to give away too much. But I, I like him. I, I, he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, it's hard. I, how much of it for you, though, is the ability to re-sign a guy like Kreider? Like, does that even bother you? Like, obviously, he makes $4 million now. He's got a 4-6 cap hit. I mean, a guy like this who's been as steady as she comes, I mean, you know, you, you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get out of this guy. You're going to get 50 points, 50-plus 50, 50 points. He's going to play mm-hmm. a little bit of a physical game for you, right? He's got a big body. Yeah. Um, but, but I think – I think see, the thing with that one, though, with this, Crumbs, and this is just me again, but you got, you got Prawn, you got uh, uh, O'Reilly, you got Steen – not Steen, I mean uh, Shen – um, you got you got these guys that do the same thing he does. He fits in for the time being, but I don't know if you need to bring him in and, and, and sit on the books for five million a year. I, I you know I I would take him for the part of the year and maybe it pans out and maybe the expansion draft comes up and you're going to lose someone and all of a sudden boom he could fit in for that. But <laughs> you know you know it, it, yeah. there's a there's a whole lot that's got to be weighed by the the general manager and and then as you know as uh, the last two years this guy's uh, the guy you want to go to 
uh, Vegas with right now because whatever Armstrong puts his uh, color on, he's, he's winning, right? So he's a uh, <laughs> he's, he's a hot he's a hot GM right now. So you'd have to go gotta, you'd have to go with him whatever he decides and and give him yeah. the benefit of the doubt for sure. And I think he's earned that. But I don't know. But last thing, doesn't it feel to you? I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you know enough to be dangerous. Doesn't it feel eerie to you, like a guy like Kreider? If he didn't wind up on your team, he's going to wind up on the Bruins. I mean, everything spells yeah. Boston for this guy. He's from Massachusetts. He went to Boston College. Yeah. I mean, it just screams, and he just plays like a Boston player to me. I don't and know. You, it just screams that to me. But but you look at him, and he's uh, he's a guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at Boston. I was watched. I watched their game for a little bit last night. Uh, you know, they got they got lots of talent. They got a lot of young guys there. So, um, the. the I see them making a move. I believe they will make a move before this is all said and done. And yeah, you're right. That could hurt because it's going to, if you're talking like a Boston or a Washington team, uh, this guy's going there as opposed to you. He just makes them better. And that's, that's the team that is going to probably be one of the teams that come out of the East, you know? So it's, yeah, you're, you're, I I know what you're saying there, Um, but you got, you you can't blow up your team. You you know, you gotta, you gotta run it by the guidelines and they, they can only do so much. Um, so a lot depends on Tarasenko. We'll see. Got to clean up your own backyard first, I guess, right? Yes, you always got to take care of that area. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, join us and talk a little blues hockey with the fans. Uh, you know, hopefully we can get the, the stretch run going here. And there's never anything wrong with reinforcements. But like you said, I think the, the Tarasenko news, and I know that's big on the minds right now. I'm sure that's all going on behind the scenes. That's why I got to That's why I got to put my man ribs on it because See, my uh, my high school team and my other team are getting ready to go to playoffs, and we got chances of winning things here right now. So where Ribs, you know, he just sort of his teams uh, his teams are at the lower end of the spectrum. So I got to I got to do the hard work on the coaching these young kids right now. Holy he's, he's moly! Time off. Wait till he hears that. That's gonna go. Yeah, real he ain't well. gonna he ain't gonna like that. So good. He can, you know what? I've been sitting here waking up every morning for the last few mornings and. That jackass, has, he stays up so late at night and he puts these stupid things on Twitter and I got to spend all day trying to respond to the damn things, you know? He likes to have a little fun with you, but you're in the end, you're the one that's going to be uh, having the fun. Like, you've got a couple of, especially that Granite City group, you you got <laughs> yeah. a team to win this thing this year. I'm happy for for for, for my uh, alma mater there. That's a great thing. Yeah. And, uh, was, was, it's going to be interesting. It's really interesting. And tonight I'll, I'm going to go up to, I'm going to go up to McHenry that we get a bye the first round, so there's the, our playoffs in our division. Uh, are, I think it's two A that we're in. They're starting tonight up there. There's two games, so I'm going to go up there and watch uh, the guys that we possibly could be playing. And there's a couple of good matchups, so that'll be interesting. And then we get that off. And next week we got some practices, and then I'm off to Detroit the next week or next weekend. I'm off to Detroit, and that's our our other playoffs for the Carshield group. So uh, we got that, and then I come home, and then we got the high school playoffs, and then. We got regionals and uh, that playoffs coming up for the AAA Blues. So we got a lot of stuff going on right now, man. It's a hot time in the city, that's for sure. But yeah, listen, man, it is a- we appreciate you very much, and good luck to all your crew and and all the gang down there, of course. And I know there's a lot of people from GC listening, and love them all, and 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 proud to proud to have played hockey there. That's for sure. It's a great community. All right, my friend, Alrighty. I will chat with you later. Yeah, have a good one, boss. All right, the one, the only, Darren Kimball. Happy to have him on the show today. We're going to head on over to talk to Ribs here in just a minute. Before we do, we want to remind everybody, make sure you check us out at bluesnhlpodcast.com. When you do that, we're going to ask you to click subscribe to the podcast. It takes you about 30 seconds, and uh, you know we're, we, we'd really love you to do that. That way you get those notifications when the show comes out. Find us on our social media sites as well, at STL Blues Podcast on Twitter. We'd love you to follow us there. Blues NHL Podcast on Facebook. Uh, like our Facebook page. Click invite your friends when you see the pinned post. If you like it, comment on it and share it. That helps us reach more Blues fans and bring them into the conversations. Blues NHL Podcast Show on Instagram and, of course, as part of lineupmediagroup.fm, home of your radio, the streaming platform for your mobile device. Download it for free today. Uh, You heard him uh, talk about some of the stuff he's got going on and competing against his good friends, the Nelson family, and their continued support of our show means so much to us. Nelsonlandservices.com, five-star locally rated company with reasonable prices. You guys should definitely give them an opportunity. A lot of you guys out in that hockey community know what a wonderful family they are, but you also know what great work ethic they and their whole family have. If they take the job, they're going to do it, and they're going to do it right, and you can count on it. That's Nelsonlandservices.com. My good friend Adam our good friend Mike over at Adam Smokehouse means so much to us, everything that he does uh, for us. And I know he's proud to be associated with us as he's a big part of the hockey community as well. And he loves hockey himself. And 
um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our fans get in there and they try that barbecue and they're loving it. And it's, it's just, it's just great. And I know the people around here appreciate that, that, that they're a part of our show and they love to go in there and say, Hey, I heard about you on blues NHL podcast. Please do that as it means a lot to us. But when you get in there, you're going to be like just head spinning, not knowing what to eat. Order anything and you'll be happy. Of course, I always say the ribs. But if you want to take it to work, you can do the big box lunch orders. They do a great job with catering. Uh, they do deliver to certain zip codes, but they're open till uh, 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Or if they run out. They've been running out lately because the barbecue's so good. So, you know, they only make so much. So get down there. Make sure you try it. You guys are going to love it. That's Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis. Here's your cue. Um, all right. Going to take it on over right now to, to, to chat a little bit with our good friend, Jamie Rivers. Nothing like a grand entrance for the one, the only Jamie Rivers. <laughs> I gave uh, Kimball's was quite shorter than yours because I actually bumped the button after I did it. So, you know, but, but you, <laughs> I'm sure you feel you deserve the bigger one. But uh, and, and hey, listen, your boy Kimby says you do deserve it because he says you need to be sharing some stuff with these listeners that he could only speculate on. And that is first and foremost as we talk about to trade or not to trade, that's the question, right? As we look at all this stuff today, he says, Riv should have some inside scoop on some of these questions I was asking him. So let's start with some of these. Number one. Okay. Big thing for Kimby is if, if he's confident, if he can feel confident that Tarasenko's coming back before the end of the season, he's not making a trade. So what do you got for us on Tarasenko? Well, obviously, Vladdy starts gating. Um, you know, he, he's got a stick in his hand, but he's not supposed to be putting um, too much stress uh, on his shoulder as far as shooting or passing or even stick handling. Um, now, he looked pretty good today, but, you know, it's baby steps. And, and this is the biggest concern for teams is guys get out there, they get feeling the flow again, they're excited, and then they start to overdo it. And so that's why the training staff has to make sure they pump the brakes on Vladdy just to make sure he's a hundred percent. Now, that being said, I do believe that Vladdy could be back before the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I, he is ahead of schedule. Now I, I believe the blues would say he's right on schedule and we're not, you know, jumping the gun here, but he, uh, he is ahead of schedule as far as his, his rehab is concerned. The biggest question Combs is like can be said, if he is healthy, do you bring him back? And then if you bring Vladdy back before the end of the season, you're probably going to be limited on what you could actually do with a trade because of the salary cap. So yeah, the, the big question is going to be whether Doug Armstrong thinks it's more beneficial for Vladdy to get some games before the playoffs and maybe not make a big deal, or does he slow play Vladdy a little bit until the playoffs come? and then allowing him to make a bigger deal and bring on some extra salary that we all know will be null and void come playoff time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Army and the staff you know, play this strategy out. Well, I think the big thing right now is there's a couple different, um, there's a couple different things going on for the Blues as far as players and all that are concerned. So if you look at it, the players, I think, that get talked about the most, and I, we had talked about this, like, can you ever imagine us spending so much time talking about Zach Sanford and Oscar Sundquist? Both, uh, especially Oscar Sundquist, in an amazing positive light. I, I mean, with him just being out a few games, I think we see how important he is to this team. But the roller coaster that is Zach Sanford when he's going up or when he's coming down really always seems to be a topic of discussion. How does Zach Sanford's role in this team play into the trade deadline for you? Well, uh, certainly I think all the regulars, as we call them, have uh, some part in this play as we move forward. And, uh, you know, the, the good things that I hear out of Zach Sanford and the coaching staff is that Zach really has a clear idea of what the expectations are now for him from Craig Ruby and the staff that, you know, he basically tries to reset every single day when he's at the rink, when he's playing the games or when he's practicing. He tries to reset and go back to the list of things that is required of him and the way Chief wants him to play, using his speed, his size, his skill, his checking ability, 
always being hard on the puck, all these little things that, you know, we take it for granted. Well, he should know how to do that, or he should know that's expected of him. Well, you do, but you don't. And some of the most success I ever had playing in the NHL was when coaches literally defined my role for me, and it was in black and white, like so simple that if you don't do it, that's your fault. And I think that that's where, you know, where things are at right now is Zach Sanford is Craig Berube and the staff have finally got it to where this is how you need to play. And if you don't play this way, well, guess what? We're not going to play you or we're going to move on from you. And right now he's hot. He's playing really well. Uh, he's a big part of their offense, a big part of their team. You know, I don't think there's a panic button necessary if Zach Sanford can continue this kind of play. Now, was it two weeks before the deadline uh, that lies ahead of us still? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's still some time to find out if Zach Sanford can continue this play, especially over the next couple of games. And look, this is not going to be easy for Army. And, you know, the number one thing that we keep hearing is that, oh, the Blues want to add a top six forward, top six forward. Okay. Well, so does everybody else that's in the, in the running in the playoffs because, you know, we, Everybody wants to upgrade all the time. What are you willing to give up in order to upgrade? And I think that's the bigger question is, you know, what one, what do the Blues have to give up? They have a lot of assets that they could use, but who are they willing to give up at the end of it all? And are they willing to give it up for someone who's got term left on their contract? Or are we looking at a guy like Chris Kreider that I know is the hot topic right now uh, where he's unrestricted at the end of the season. And now maybe you're parting with really solid prospect or draft pick for somebody who's literally not even going to unpack their bags here. So it, it's a tough call. Kreider's an interesting player, though. He's a, you know, you, you look at the players that they're talking about possibly including, like I, I, I've heard some people mention Sanford. I haven't heard that other than fans. The guy I've here mentioned a lot is Cairo. Um, for me, Obviously, Cairo and Kreider are different types of players. The question that, that Kimby and I were talking about, and he thought you might be able to shed some light on, whether you're talking about a Zach Sanford or a Jordan Cairo type player, how much influence will Craig Berube have on those types of discussions? Because what it's really going to come down to, I think, is can a Zach Sanford or a Jordan Cairo long-term play for Craig Berube in his system? I, I think we've seen Zach Sanford be, obviously be able to do it at times, but can he do it all the time? And then obviously the question still is out there as talented as he is for Jordan Cairo. Yeah. And yes, Craig, Craig Berube is going to have a ton of faith when it comes to this trade deadline. And then certainly if there's younger players or any players going out the door the other way, then you better believe chief is going to have approved it. Whether they say that uh, openly in the public or not, look, it's his team. And there's definitely an identity to this team. And Chief is not going to let Army or his staff make a trade without his approval, nor would Doug Armstrong, I think, venture down that road without having talked to Craig Berube. So I think that, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting. And, look, here's the thing for me. is Zach Sanford is a little older than Cairo, uh, not much, but he has figured it out for long stretches of time, okay? Now, he hasn't always been that perfect player, and there's been frustration with the fan base, and I'm sure the coaches, and I'm sure everybody a little bit. But when he's been on his game, when he's been consistent, he's been very good. Uh, he was a difference maker in the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and in the last stretch of games here, he's played great. And early in the season, he played well. There was a stretch where he kind of lost touch with his game a little bit. But nonetheless, my point is he's had stretches where he's definitely a Craig Berube player. I worry about Jordan Cairo. I worry because I, I just don't see him right now as fitting the mold to be a Craig Berube player. Now, is he an exceptional talent? Absolutely. Is he uh, one of the highest prospects available in the NHL? Absolutely. Has he dominated at the AHL level? Absolutely. But is he going to come to St. Louis and play in your top line, basically, or even your top six? And the answer to that is he hasn't. He's been, you know, had some spot duty 
in there from time to time, but he's never lasted on either of those top lines because his game isn't well-rounded enough or he's not strong enough on the puck or he's not playing a 200-foot game. He doesn't stay above the puck on defense. He cheats a little bit on the offensive side. Whatever it is, uh, he hasn't found himself into that spot. So, quite honestly, if I was to think that they would move on from somebody, uh, it, it might be Cairo. And I know people will go nuts and be like, oh, my God, he's, he's going to be a star. He might be. But maybe he won't be in St. Louis. And, you know, th- that's all about the staff that's in place, meaning the players and the coaches and what they need out of a guy. And, you know, they don't need Jordan Cairo right now to – to be, you know, all offense. Every player for the St. Louis Blues plays both sides of the puck. And I I mean, you can't argue that. Not one guy is a floater. Not one guy takes a shift off as far as the way his mentality should be. And they're not perfect, but they are an extremely difficult team to play against. And we saw that in the playoffs last year to where in a seven-game series, they're kind of a nightmare to deal. Uh, you know, is Jordan Tyru a guy that you put in that lineup? It's going to be it's to be determined. You know, he really Combs. He really hasn't played a ton of games, and the games he has that he has played, he really hasn't had a prominent role in those games. So, if anybody's kind of on the outside looking in right now, it might be Jordan Cairo. Well, how much does you know what? I'm going to go right now to the Patterson Tire and Service text line. A whole lot more than a tire store. Patterson Tire and Service six one eight seven nine seven sixty seven eleven. Located at 3718 Highway 111 in Granite City, Illinois. And the reason I'm going to go there um, is because the way they take care of their customers is the way that I'm going to let Jamie take care of a lot of these questions for you guys out there. Been in their community for a long time. We're going to ask you to give them an opportunity for your business. One more time, that's 618-797-6711. And they are a whole lot more in the tire stores. They specialize in automotive repair as well. And the reason I wanted to do that was because I thought we had a great question that um, off the air, Kimby said he thought would be better answered from you but um obviously this gentleman starts off with guys thoughts on a first in sanford for Kreider, which we've discussed sanford a little bit but this is the one that's for you do you think costin fits more of what barube wants to do as opposed to kairu with costin being bigger stronger etc how much will something like that statement play into this for you well here's the thing we'll meet it head on is Clint Costin is able to play up and down your lineup probably easier than Jordan Cairo is. Meaning that, you know, I think Clint Costin has the talent and the ability to jump up and play in the top six position. Not consistently yet. Uh, you know, let's not forget, he's still very, very young. So, you know, let's not worry too, too much about that. But we also know that he could play in the bottom six. You know, he can play that big, tough, burly winger. He is puck possession. He can grind it along the walls. He works his ass off out there all the time. So, yeah, I think that Clem Costin probably right now, today, fits in better than Jordan Cairo simply because I think he's got a more well-rounded game. Now, that that's a, let me make it clear. I'm not saying he's better than Cairo. Nor am I saying he's more dynamic, because right now Kyrie is probably more dynamic, and his stats show it in the American Hockey League. But I'm going to go back to a name, a blast from the past here, uh, that that comes to mind. And now I'm not calling Jordan Kyrou an exact replica of this player, but for me it has some concern to it. And that player is Ty Ratty. And, you know, he was a very highly touted young player coming out of the Quebec Major Junior League, a ton of points. He put up numbers like crazy in the American Hockey League. Yet, Chrome, guess what? He couldn't hack it full-time in the NHL. He just never quite grasped playing on both sides of the puck and never quite grasped playing that 200-foot game. So, ultimately, Ty Ratty ended up not being an everyday NHLer. I'm not saying that that's exactly the path for Jordan Cairo because we had, we've had only had a small sample size, but I worry that he's another dynamic player that might struggle to find you know, his game on both sides of the puck, especially in a Craig Berube coach team. If this was you know, the Ottawa Senators 
right now, Kairou would probably be playing top six and getting his points and probably taking his lumps on the defensive side. And everybody would kind of overlook it because, you know, the, every the, every point doesn't necessarily matter for the Ottawa Senators. But right now, the St. Louis Blues, it's probably a tougher sell to have Jordan Kairou learning on the fly uh, while this team is looking to win another championship. How much would... Well, here, let me start with this, too, because I brought this up earlier. I want to get your thoughts. This is a little conspiracy theorist to me, but... Uh-oh. Well, no, I just... I Like, we can all speculate on a lot of things, right? Like, the guys that like to write blogs that are blues fans and do shows, and listen, all appreciated, but I really pay attention when a guy is out there talking about something that's that follows the team as a, as a beat writer type thing. And when Jeremy Rutherford talks about something... To me, it's a little bit more than just, well, I'm just giving you my opinion. And, you know, he basically has defended the thought of the Blues trading for Kreider. So, you know, to the point where he showed a highlight of a goal from Kreider saying, why wouldn't you want this guy on your team? So I think where there's smoke, there's fire. But how much of it would play into it for Jamie Rivers as far as knowing you probably can't sign the guy? Does that play in it to you at all? Or are you like, look, we're trying to win another Stanley Cup. I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Well, I think that it all depends on what you give up, right, ultimately. If if you're mortgaging your youth and your talent down in the minors or your top prospect for a rental, like I said, that may not even fully unpack his bag, I think that that's a tough pill to swallow, even if you're wanting to win another championship. Now, if the ask is Cairo and a second rounder or even a first rounder, uh, you know what? Chris Kreider is kind of a blueprint Craig Berube player. He's a big, strong guy. He has blazing speed for a big guy. Uh, he has finishing ability. And, yeah, would the concern be there that we can't resign him? Yeah, it would be. However, you know, there are a lot of things in play here. There's a new TV deal that goes into place next year for the NHL. That's going to bump up overall revenue for the league, which is ultimately going to bump up the cap situation. So you'll get a little bit of a, a bump there. Um, you know, Jay Bowmeister could possibly come off the books next year as a defenseman. I think he's at $3 million, uh this season. And, you know, also Jake Allen, uh, as great as he's played, if you're putting on your business hat, you might be able to move him in the offseason. You did just sign Billy Husso to another contract, and maybe it's his turn to come up at 700000 and be your backup goalie. And then there's other things uh, that are in play, too. There are other guys that are getting older that could be bought out of their last year of their contract. I guess what I'm saying is you might be able to find some cap space in there to, to get a guy like Kreider signed. Uh, you know, the biggest question mark is where are we at with Alex Petrangelo? Now, you know how I feel about it. Right. I think that there's a deal already in place, meaning that they've agreed to term, uh, but probably not dollar value yet. I think that that's going to depend on everything I just rhymed off to you. Um, but what if that deal goes south? If so, then you kind of have a, a, a lot of wiggle room to get a guy like Kreider signed. Now, if you sign Petro, then you know what, Jim? You may have to walk away from another player on your roster in order to sign a Chris Kreider. And I guess all of that will depend on if they trade for him, first of all, because we're in fantasy land right now. Sure. And if he performs well. If he comes in and blows the doors off of this place in the Blues, get to a conference final or let alone repeat and win another Stanley Cup, it's going to be pretty hard to argue that you shouldn't resign the guy. And, you know, we'll see. But I, I do go back to, like you mentioned in your question, this is win now mentality. I think that the Blues have a very unique window here, especially with Petro being up for contract and some of the other guys, Bolmeister in his last year. You're not going to have this group together again. Why not try to go get that cup? Why not? You know, I think that they have, out of all the teams in recent history, uh, since the Pittsburgh Penguins, even they, you know, didn't have what I thought was a shoe win to get a repeat. The St. Louis Blues are strong right now, and they've been through a lot of shit this year, a lot of injuries already. So, 
why not? You know, I, I do think they have a real strong opportunity to do something like that. Yeah, you know, for me as a fan, I, we spent years both living with and at times really bitching about the whole wait till next year, wait till two years when this guy, like we're here now, you know, I mean, yeah, is it, listen, is there some downturn inevitable with winning? Like, sure there is. I'm willing to live with it. I can tell you right now I'm living, like I can live with it after winning the cup. Like it's, I'm good with it. But if that window is now, let's take it. Um, you know, to piggyback off what you said where I was going earlier too, is that's another thing kind of like you and maybe Jeremy's listening to you on the podcast, but that's another thing he feels very confident about. He believes in his heart that Alex Petrangelo isn't going anywhere. On that note, though, when you really you do have to look at the salary cap and things, here's the last question I'm going to ask you, and maybe it would show, and maybe it would show a little bit about maybe some fan frustration along with a question that I don't think's crazy, and that is this: uh, last question on the Patterson Tire and Service text line for for today. Falk's inconsistency is getting really frustrating. What can the organization do to either A, get out from under his contract, or B, help improve his play? Army's moves have been really good. I'm scratching my head on this one. So my question is this. Like, and I know this, now we're really getting into fantasy land. But, like, I was really impressed with the young defenseman they brought up. I like everybody else. Is this a situation where they could flip Falk? I mean, do you see that even? Because everybody wants defensemen, especially guys that can play minutes. Um, Yeah, um... Okay, so let me address this and try to go in chronological order to your question. Is there is no getting out from under Falk's contract as far as you know the seven-year extension that's on there? Um, they're not going to be able to buy their way out of that, or you know, the only way out from that is to make a trade. And you know, based on his performance this year, you'd probably it'd probably be a tough sell. To get somebody to bite at you know seven years, seven million a year, I think that you'd have to sweeten the pot a little bit with that deal. Um, as far as Mikola is concerned, uh, the young man who came up and played so well, I, I do think that he is the um, the you know the next Jay Bowmeister. I think that if Jay Bowmeister ends up leaving at the end of this season, I think they have their long, rangy, left-handed defenseman waiting in the wings to come in next year who also was just re-signed uh, just, what, a week ago or 10 days ago. So I think that they're looking, they're eyeballing him as a replacement there. Uh, look, Justin Falk, is, this is a really tough spot for a guy like, like Falk because he was the man down in Carolina, or one of them, right? One of two. I think him and, and uh, Hamilton down in Carolina were like the go-to guys. Uh, and maybe Noah Hannafin while he was there. But anyways, he's used to throwing a leg over the boards and being on the ice for every penalty kill, every power play, every last minute of the period, every last minute of the game. Then he comes to St. Louis Blues, who acquired him for great depth and his abilities, but they don't need him to be the go-to guy. They have all their big horses in place for that, and I think that's been a bit of a struggle. For Justin Falk is he's had a hard time finding his spot within the group and he's played the right side he's played the left side he's had Petro he's had Dunn he's been all over the map with partners and not that it's been his fault I think that the coaching staff is still trying to identify his overall permanent role with the club I do think he's a hell of a player okay so I don't think that this is a bust deal for Doug Armstrong you know, I think that he made a good deal. He got good return for Joel Edmondson. Uh, I think Falk will find his way through the traffic, so to say, as things move on. But it might be next year where he becomes a bigger part. You know, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the off season, and maybe the Blues have to part with somebody else in order to make room for Chris Kreider. Let's say something like that happens. Then, by default, Justin Falk would maybe become a bigger player on their blue on their blue line. Uh, the Alex Petrangelo question mark is probably the biggest thing looming because you look at the minutes and the situations that Petro plays in, if he were not part of this team, you'd have a hard time putting another right-handed shot 
into those situations that wouldn't be Justin Falk. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. he, he kind of, he, he would be the guy that could anchor that first power play that could jump in with those three on three in the overtime. And, but right now he's not getting those reps because Alex Petrangelo's on the team. And I, I'm saying it like it's a negative thing, right? But it, but it isn't. It's a positive thing. And I just think Justin Falk is a victim of circumstance right now to where he's just being asked to be an accessory and, and not be the main piece. And But you know what, Chrome? Things change fast in the National Hockey League. And he might have a huge part on this team moving forward this season even, let alone season come or over the next seven seasons. I mean, this guy... He could end up being a Norris caliber guy uh, two, three years down the road for the Blues. So, you know, it's a tough situation right now. But, hell, if, if you could get a New York Rangers team or somebody that wanted him in return uh, as part of the deal, maybe Doug Armstrong does it. I just have a hard time believing that he would make that trade, sign that big extension, and then look to move him. Uh, to me, that just doesn't make sense. And quite honestly, it doesn't send a very good message to any other unrestricted free agent in the NHL, uh, hey, don't trust the Blues because if you sign there, they might flip you within six months. Like, you know, you got to be careful sometimes. Well, that about answers everything. I mean, I think you've done it all, my friend. Um, appreciate woo. you taking time. Woo, it was right. Um, well, uh, we shall see. We shall see. I mean, you know, I, I will say this. No matter how you look at it, you know, you're still sitting first place overall in your conference by a few points, mind you. Now, we all know that things change fast, like you said, but uh, they put themselves in a position to, to kind of dictate their fate. So I guess we'll kind of see how it goes. I, I don't really know, uh, really don't know how you could be unhappy at this juncture. Of course, we all want them to have 80 points since Boston has 78, but gosh darn it, I, I like where we sit and you got to like our chances. And faith in Doug Armstrong, Craig Berube, I say. Yeah, no, look, I think that you kind of nailed it there is not that we're spoiled here in the last calendar year, but let's face it, we've been kind of spoiled. I mean, we had a team that came roaring back in the standings and then, you know, marched their way to a Stanley Cup championship, first one in franchise history. And then this year, quite honestly, have looked like a team for the most part that hasn't missed a beat. And they've had all sorts of injuries, let alone to their most dynamic player. Vladimir Tarasenko. So we've been spoiled. And if we're sitting here splitting hairs over whether or not we need to add a, another six or seven million dollar player in Kreider and should it be Sanford or Cairo? I mean, literally, we're, we're, we're debating for the sake of debating. Our team is in first place right now. And they're a team that, as it sits right now with nothing else happening, that are a big favorite to come out of the West and compete again for the Stanley Cup. So uh, all of this, as we call it, from you know it, is fantasy land, and uh, but it's one hell of a ride right now. We're having fun with it. Well, I guess we'll just go ahead and take our seventy-something points and take it down the stretch and just see where it goes. Why not, huh? <laughs> I like it, man. I like our chances. Seven-game series. I still like our team a lot. Yeah. Well, it's something you've been talking about for a long time. That one word that we have that it just. You know, fortunately, other teams don't because of salary cap, because of bad decisions, because of, of, of things, just that word depth, that plays a lot into the playoffs. And I think we saw it last year, and I think we're going to see it again. So I know you got to run, my friend, and I appreciate you taking time for us today. And hopefully uh, we can start uh, putting up more and more points on the board and, and, and get this thing rolling again and, and take it all the way into the playoffs. But it'll be an interesting couple weeks, that's for sure. Always fun, Chrome's always fun, brother. All right, that's the man, the myth, the legend, Jamie Rivers. And, of course, don't forget SynergyHockeySkills.com where you can, uh, as we thank them for our studio sponsorship and, of course, with uh, with the playoffs rolling in the area and all the, the, the uh, end-of-season stuff going on, those small group sessions, he's he's rolling those things out because the off-season's when it's time to get better. So make sure you're checking out SynergyHockeySkills.com. And, of course, we thank all of our partners uh, Randy Green, Innovative Companies.com, Residential, Commercial, Industrial. Make sure you give them an opportunity for your business. And, of course, if you're a first responder or military, don't forget that 15% discount on your total project. Uh, is, you know, I want to say, too, as far as fans are concerned, um, nobody's more passionate than our good friend Dennis Minner. He loves what he does. He loves being a part of the fandom. 
He's, I mean, he's dedicated a whole room in his basement to his fandom for the St. Louis Blues. And he loves to incorporate everybody in his show when he gets an opportunity, and that's why I know you guys enjoy him here in his segment. So let's talk about Adam Smokehouse real quick. You guys can't find better barbecue in St. Louis. I promise you, open till 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Zip, uh, or certain zip codes can get delivered, too. But you guys are going to enjoy it. Make sure you check it out. Big box lunch orders, catering. Anything on the menu, you guys are going to love it. Walk in and order the ribs and see if they look at you and smile. That's Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis. Here's your cue. And St. Louis, here's your latest episode of Live from Mineral Arena. Dennis, take it away. Hey, thanks, guys. This is Dennis Minner coming at you live from Minner Arena, and we're brought to you by the one and only Adam Smokehouse. Just like I say every week, man, I'm not kidding. If you have not eaten there, I don't know what you're waiting for. You are missing out. Some of the best barbecue in St. Louis, only six miles from the Enterprise Center. Uh, go check them out and let them know that Minner Arena and the guys from St. Louis Blues podcast sent you in. Hey, this will be probably the only time you will ever hear me mention football on here but congratulations to the kansas city kansas or missouri chiefs uh whichever side of that uh you fall on uh but congrats congratulations to the chiefs uh i think you know a lot of us for uh for fans of st louis we especially like to see one more just jab at stan Kroenke. Uh, so suck it, Cronky, and uh, all your teams out in L.A. and wherever else you have them. Uh, and, you know, really cool to watch, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs play 20 minutes uh, of their game. Because, man, i got to tell you, I tried watching the Super Bowl. I, actually, I watched the whole Super Bowl. And by fourth quarter, even while I was drinking, I was almost falling asleep. So it is not a crack on anyone that likes NFL. It is just not my cup of tea. Um, it was just, uh, it was, it was pretty boring. Um, and I think if we can compare that to uh, hockey playoffs, man, there is nothing in this world greater than the 16 wins it takes to get the Stanley cup. So, and speaking of wins here, the blues are coming off a big, big, big six, three win. Uh, and, and I know the defense, you know, is laying up a little bit. And, you know, they try to play a little aggressive. But, uh, again, we gave up another three goals, and uh, it just seems to be our trend here lately where you're giving them up more and more. And it's really going to be interesting uh, to see if there's uh, some defensive moves tonight against Winnipeg uh, and Saturday against Dallas. So um, really kind of curious to see that. And um, hope Bennington continues to that drive forward and get more and more of his confidence uh, back going where it was. Um, so I think we've got, what, 18 days uh, till the trade. Uh, all sorts of rumors floating around out there. Uh, a good sign today, uh, Luke Cork reported that Tarasenko was on the ice uh, taking wristers and things like that. Um, naturally, they are definitely saying he is definitely not coming back anytime soon, but he is making uh, a move in the right direction being out there. So my question for you guys, 18 days around that until the trade, do we make a move? All right, armchair uh, uh, you know, GMs, do we trade Cairo for Kreider? Um some of y'all are going to hate me when I say this, but to me, I say yes. Um, that is a very, very good possibility. Uh, as much as I would love to see Kairou, uh make it big, I just, I don't know, man. There's just something deep down inside of me that thinks he's going to be another Fabry, uh, a Yaskin, something like that. I just, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I wish him well. Um, also, man, I have been back and forth on the fence with Sanford. But he is really, really doing a great job picking it up here lately, scoring goals, making assists, uh, making plays, and just really wondering if Armstrong's going to use that as a position. Now, I think what will be interesting is because of his inconsistencies, I think all the other teams know that as well. So uh, I think that's definitely going to, uh, to play in that. But, hey, um, we are more than two-thirds uh, done with the season and um, really got to make this final push. And, hey, this week's Fan of the Game brought to you by Denon America and Definitive Technology, some of the greatest stereo equipment out there. If you ever come to Minter Arena, you will get to experience both Denon and Definitive Technology products. But this week's Fan of the Game is Joey Buskell, J-O-D-I-B-U-S-K-O-H-L on Twitter. Go give her a follow. 
Guys, if you have never met Jody, she seems to be one of the happiest, nicest people you will ever meet out there, uh, blues-wise. I've never seen her say anything critical uh, to anyone or about anyone on Twitter, uh, and you know how that is very, very difficult for many of us blues fans. So, hey, go give Jody a uh, shout-out. Go give her a follow. And again, go check out Adam's Smokehouse. Let them know that Minner Arena sent you. And make sure and just, I mean, smear cranberry cayenne sauce all, just over all over everything you got. Man, I love that stuff. Dang, that's some good barbecue sauce. But, hey, until next week, guys, let's go Blues. Great, great stuff from Dennis, and we appreciate him so much and the time he takes on his show, and we thank Adam Smokehouse again for their continued support. Of course, uh, NelsonLandServices.com, five-star locally rated company with reasonable prices. We thank them for their continued support as well. And my good friends at Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store. Give them a call, 618-797-6711. Find out what they can do for you on those brakes or tires. And if that check engine light's on or it's just not running right, that's why they're a whole lot more than a tire store. They special in automotive. They specialize in automotive repair as well. Located at 3718 Highway 111, Granite City, Illinois. Patterson Tire and Service, folks. Um, check us out. Don't forget, bluesnhlpodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. Hit us up on our social media sites as well, at STL Blues Podcast on Twitter, Blues NHL Podcast on Facebook, Blues NHL Podcast Show on Instagram. Lineupmediagroup.fm is where we're housed. Thank you so much for their continued support. Don't forget Yo Radio, the streaming platform for your mobile device. Download it for free today. For all of us here at Blues NHL Podcast, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.